Jamie. so specific. You can see that look of panic in my face. I'm not recording any of this. <laughs> I haven't pressed the record button. Amazing. Is it recorded anywhere else? Did we set the back up? Yeah, we've been recording for half an hour. Well done, Ross. Thank God we did Thank go for that. Thank God for you, Ross. You're my favourite now. <laughs> the Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson, Richard James and Chris Dale. I bet you're surprised to see me here. It's always uh, a delight, but a surprise. It's a bit touch and go, Jamie. I've not been very well. I know, poor you, but you look, you look okay now. <laughs> Do you know the reason I'm actually here? I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I primed Chris Dale to sit in this very chair. I was aware. But the thing that made me come was I couldn't bear for him to sit here and sit through a fab fact. Oh, I couldn't do that to him. That, was, that was a very... Um, precise amount of cruelty you went for. I thought you were going to say, I couldn't bear for him to sit opposite you, uh, which would have been really, really mean. There is that. Uh, it's the Cherry Anderson podcast. We're here again. Mm. Pod 280, I think. Surprising everybody with the incremental increasing numbers of podcasts that we produce. Exactly. Uh, we ought to introduce ourselves. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Go on. Um, should we start unusually? Okay. Because you've already mentioned him. Yes. We're joined also in the studio by Chris Dale. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello. Oh, there he is. Ready for his randomizer at the very end of the show. It's the most popular part. We really do save the best to last. Don't mm. We? Mm. Okay, now you've set this up, yeah. I feel like we should actually now kind of reverse introduce all the sections in the show and then end with the saying worst who we are. Oh, I see. I thought we were going to go from best to worst. No, no, no. We're going to go chronologically. End. Okay, right. So, well, we'll start with the randomizer at the very end of the show, where Chris Dale sits in front of a random episode of a Jerry Anderson series and comments and reviews. Yep. As he goes. Uh, uh, then we've got, uh, oh, a very special feature, because uh, eagle-eyed viewers might have spotted during the news items recently that Jamie Anderson here was sitting in front of a copy of a certain book that he shouldn't have been sitting in front of. No, you're making <laughs> it sound like it was an error rather than a very carefully planned oh, uh, marketing really? ploy. Okay, so uh, to mark the release of Candy Andy and the Bear Anders, uh, <laughs> I had the wonderful Alan Dean round to my house. What? Yeah. Where, where was my invite? Well, don't want you round my house. Yeah, uh, yeah he couldn't make it uh, here to now. Uh, so he popped round for a spot of lunch and uh, chatted to me about Candy Andy the Bear Anders, and we'll be looking at that a little later on. What a strange thing. I never thought we'd be talking about Candy and Andy in, in this kind of at a way. All. <laughs> at all on the podcast, but it's a lovely sort of symbol of the breadth of material we cover. Breadth of material. Um, and then we've got, um, uh, I'm just trying to think backwards on that. Well, Jerry Anderson News, because there's always something happening in the Anderson universe. Yeah. Uh, so spread, we'll be spread throughout. that. Yeah, no, no, but before that, yeah. we've got uh, Fab Facts as well. Yeah, your favourite. Right. Best My, thing in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, random fact from a book. I shout Fab, Jamie reads out a Fab. Rich doesn't it. like it. It's about yeah. it, really. Um, uh, but sprinkled throughout, uh, our wonderful podstrons have been getting in touch at uh, podcast.jerryanderson.com. They've been commenting on our Facebook group, mm. and um, I think I might be reading some of those comments out a bit later. Brilliant. If you're lucky. Right. And of course, all those things will be hosted by you and I, <laughs> you being Richard James. And I being. Oh, Jamie Anderson. Well, well, yeah, I was sorry, I need say to say it. that. Sorry, I forgot. Got... Well, what's interesting there is I said my name really quickly, so my name's got to flash up and then psh, disappear before it cuts to you. Oh. 
Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay it? with that. Oh, I'm sure you are. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. the worst introduction that we've ever done. <laughs> and there have been some bad introductions. Oh, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We set the bar quite high. Good. Well, well done us. Hmm. Uh, let's never do it backwards again. No, it wasn't my idea. No. Okay. Let, let me never have an idea again. No, that's a, no, that is the best idea you've ever had. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, let's stick with things that are proven to make everyone, including you, incredibly happy. Yes. Let's proceed immediately, without delay, to Fab Facts. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Go on. You may have seen it. Oh, go right. Well, you, I have seen it. Yes, seen I'm, it here. I know, it's been taunting me for months. Inside of my eye. I've got this lovely book oh. of fab facts. Oh, look at it. Ooh. Yes. It's beautiful. It's, yes. It's, Looking a bit battered, actually. It, it is it? a bit battered, but it's so packed with the fab facts. Yeah. So sometimes the pages fall out. They do sometimes, yes. Mm. It's getting a bit loose, isn't it? Uh, but in order to find a fab fact uh, worthy of this section, I flick through uh, with my thumb. Yes. Richard Chouts fab, and yeah. that stops us on a random page True. where I will read, hopefully, a fab Fact. I can't nice. guarantee it'll be fab. No. Or, or perhaps even that it's fact. Oh, right. But, but apart from that... Yes. Okay, fine. Where I will read some words on a page. Yes. Uh, Richard, are you ready? Uh, go on, then. Here we go. Fab! Oh. <laughs> what? Beautifully called. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Beautifully called. Oh, maybe I'm getting better. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Pod 280's Fab Fact. Right, that's a very formal introduction. Okay. Is that what it says on the... Uh... No, it doesn't. I made that bit up. Mm. Uh, Richard, have you ever watched a TV show or film? Yes. See one of the actors oh. uh, and see what they're wearing and thought, hang on, I've got one of them. The clothes, not the... Not the actor. Not the actor. Yeah. Just yeah. a minute, sir. I've got a John Pertwee. <laughs> no. You mean, no, maybe I've a... got a shirt like John Pertwee's wearing. Or I've got a cape, exactly. Yeah. Uh, perhaps... Um, have you got a cape? No, but oh, I, I want to invest in one. I can in see one. you in a cape. Thank you. Mm. I can see me in a cape too. Uh, but maybe you, Richard, or Potstrongs, uh, maybe you own a pair of shoes exactly like Colin Baker wore as the mm. sixth doctor. All oh, right. Or a pair of earrings just like Julie Goodyear wore behind the bar of the Rover's Return in Coronation Street. I can see that that means nothing to you. I know what Coronation oh, Street is. Yeah, and but I know do you know Judy Goodyear? Goodyear? Yeah, of oh, course okay, I do. Fine. What was the name of her character then? I've got no idea. I've never watched Coronation Street. It was Bet Lynch. Oh, but no, I'm, I'm aware of the show. Okay. Uh, and for our non-UK listeners, <laughs> it's oh, a they'll, soap. Uh, yes, they'll know Coronation Street. It's they worldwide. might not. And well, of course they might not, but you could say that about any fab fact. Right, well... They might not have heard of New Captain Scarlet. Pod, not, they're not here. Come on, Podrons, if you don't know what Coronation Street is, please email... Uh, podcast at jerryanderson.com. Anyway, uh, of course, you'd never imagine that the item of clothing on screen and the item of clothing in your wardrobe were one and the same, well, would you? That'd be a nonsense, plainly. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. would it? What? Uh, please spare a thought for Space Precinct editor Matt Glenn. Oh, yes. Uh, Matt is John Glenn's son. I know. John Glenn, former... I know you know. Oh, I'm telling the podcast. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Goodness me. Uh so, Matt, John Glenn's son, was an accomplished editor in his own right and had joined the series several months in. One day, Matt was walking past the wardrobe department and saw a jacket on a mannequin that seemed familiar. Oh, yes. It was due to be worn by creature actor, or so-called mime artist, mm. Rob Thurtle, as a tarn thug in one of the later episodes, Death Watch Part 1. Yes. Which is the subject of a recent fab Featured fact. recently, absolutely, yeah. The trouble was, even though Matt could see it had been somewhat modified ahead of its appearance on the studio floor, it bore a startling resemblance to a jacket he had previously bought in Spain several years 
previously. Right. Uh, so Matt casually asked costume buyer Charlotte Sewell where she had found it. Mm -hmm. On hearing that she had bought it from a charity shop in Beaconsfield, Matt's suspicions were roused. Why? Because he lived nearby. Ah. He called his wife to ask where the jacket was, only for her to claim that she had put it in the loft. <laughs> OK. Clearly for safekeeping. That's a euphemism. Uh, yes, <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> when he pressed her further, however, she confessed to never having liked the thing and to having recently given it to, to a, a local charity, charity shop. shop. Yes. Oh, I see. As it had been heavily customised, yes. it's not clear if Matt took the jacket back or not, uh, but it just goes to show that even a million-dollar-an-episode TV series isn't above scouring the local charity <laughs> shops for costume ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. There you go. Interesting. Uh, so, viewers, we're used to uh, hearing from fans who have been in receipt of screen-worn items of costumes mm -hmm. from Dad shows, mm -hmm. but is Matt the only person out there whose old cast-offs made it onto a TV show? Oh, wow. Mm. Maybe your 70s tie turned up on the Tomorrow People, or perhaps your battered old wellies turned up uh, in the series finale of The Last of the Summer Wine. Uh, what's that series it. finale? I think I, it's still going, I, isn't it? I've got no idea. <laughs> do let us know. Yeah. Oh, wow. How interesting. Well. Yes, I, I do remember that well. And Matt Glenn's a lovely chap, isn't he? We should get him on the podcast. I know we've had Matt, his dad, of course. Yeah, of course. Matt, if you're, if you're mm. listening. If you're listening. Well, sure he is. Do you think so? Do you yeah. think anyone who's ever worked on a Jerry Anderson show would make a beeline for the podcast every week? I know that some of them do listen. Cool. Absolutely. But I was—I received a text last night from somebody who was listening to our Matthew Sweet episode. Oh, wonderful. Saying how much they enjoyed it. Uh, and Chris Bowden, yes. regular listener, contributor, yeah. and, uh, uh, and worker on stuff of Dad's shows, Lavender Castle a in particular, is a, is a regular listener. Well, so, hello, Chris. I mean, I know someone who worked on one of your Dad's shows who's in the podcast every week. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's fascinating. Uh, anyway, no, I tell you what's interesting. You mentioned there Rob Thurtle, yes, being uh, one of the sort of creature actors, also known as a mime artist. Mm. Do you want to know more about that, or should I save that for another day? Uh, it depends how interesting it is. It's of minor interest, maybe three or four listeners and viewers. Minor interest. Okay, please yeah. do. Please well, do because of course, on. Andy Dawson. Uh, uh, went to your dad previous to Space Precinct with the idea with Gavin Robertson for the stage show. Absolutely. And they were considered mime artists because a lot of that uh, show featured mime. Uh, so when Jerry then employed the likes of Andy and Rob and so on, uh, they were just considered mime artists because that's what they did. But actually, of course, they were just actors like the rest of us. And they said things and did things. They said things and did things, yeah. But the, ter the phrase or term mime artist stuck in all the call sheets. Very odd. There you go. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that was quite a nice little addition there. Bonus fan fact. Thank you very much. From my brain. You're amazing. Oh, kind of you. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't want to be any more nice to you, so oh. let's wrap this up. Fine. That brings us to the end of this week's Jacket, Jacket Fact. Oh, thank goodness. Well done. Uh, great. Yeah. Oh, thanks for being so nice to me there. It's nice. That's all right. It made me feel a lot better. Don't worry, I won't do it again. Oh, is it just once a month or was it yeah, it's every of, couple? It's, it's about the same frequency that we say the same thing at the end of the fan facts, kind of one in four. <laughs> I think you're nice to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's about right. Mm. Um, now, talking of people being nice to people, aren't our Podstrons nice to us? Oh, that was no. That was a glorious segment. Uh, yes, because it's true, because without them, there would be no podcast. No, that, that's true. That's a fact. That's not just a platitude. No, no, they are brilliant and so nice and so welcoming and as we've seen at various events and yeah. stuff, you know, new welcoming to new fans and old fans alike. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. what a lovely bunch. Yeah. And when they're not too busy, they put finger to keyboard and they send us emails, podcast at jerryanderson.com. They might dictate them. 
<laughs> I suppose they could dictate what to their secretaries. No, to their phones. Oh, I see. I see. I was. I had an image there of a, of a, of a podstron <laughs> leaning back in their chair with a cigar. Uh, Miss Jones, take take an email, please. Yes, to the podcast at uh, Jerry Anderson. No, that's not what you meant at all, is it? No. But if you dictate your emails to us, podstrons, please do let us know by adding "dictated but not read" to the end of your uh, your email. Right. Good. Shall we um, hear some emails from the podstrons? Let's do it. All right. This is the voice of the Podsterons. Uh, shall I do this one first? Uh, or do you want to do it, do it first? Well, I saw the word sucker and thought that was probably for you. So, okay. Yes, well, all right. please Let's do. Let's hear it in context, shall we, before we rush to judgment. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, now, I do like it that our Podsterons are actually starting to use the subject headings that we suggest. <laughs> That's very generous <laughs> of you. <laughs> uh, here's one. Out of Podder's experience... Is the subject heading? That's from many pods ago, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely right. This is from Sebastian Fellingham, who says, Hello, Jamie and Richard from the Dordogne in France. Oh, it'd be very fancy. Oh, isn't it? Uh, I'm a sucker for a lot of Jerry Anderson shows, ah. including Thunderbirds, Stingray, Captain Scarlet, Terrorhawk, Space Precinct, and even, even Lavender Why Castle. Why even Lavender yeah, Castle? there you go. And I've been following your brilliant podcast every week for the last four years without fail. That's great. So how long has it been going? Oh, at least. Gosh. But Sebastian, it's taken you so this long to get in touch with us. I don't think we've had one from, an email from Sebastian before. Well, thank you for reaching out. Yeah. Just thought I'd share with you a rare oddity that I had discovered in a shop called Easy Cash, <laughs> which sounds like my kind of shop, uh, which, in case you're wondering, is the French equivalent of the second-hand media shop Kex, C-E-X. I think we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Computer Exchange, I think it stands for, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, back in the old days. Yeah. I was scrolling through some DVDs, talking of the old days, they had in the special offer bin, and I've just stumbled across a very strange release of a film called Galacticop, mm. the French title of a lesser-known American family film under the name of A Gnome Called Norm. What? Starring Anthony Michael Hall, who is a Los Angeles police detective teaming up with a small dwarf-sized animatronic <laughs> creature called Norm to solve a murder. Sebastian's words. When I first discovered it, I thought I found a rare copy of Space Precinct dubbed in French on DVD. But as it turned out, while I googled Galacticop on my phone, it was something else entirely, which also involves actors playing police officers with animatronic creatures. The small ones in this case. Obviously. Uh, But the DVD cover used the Demeter City Police Department emblem from Space Precinct's trademark logo with the same text font saying Galacticop. Ah. Having left it behind in the store, as you would... Fair enough. Uh, I also found out Polygram Filmed Entertainment distributed the film rights to Galacticop, or A Gnome Called Norm, like with the VHS uh, releases of Space Precinct. On top of that, the internet seems to tell me that Space Precinct may not have aired on French television, so how they decided to choose that logo for a different film entirely with a similar premise is beyond me. Wish you all the best. Adieu from Sebastian Fellingham in the Dordogne. Adieu, merci. I mean... Yeah. Extraordinary. Well, I, I, that, that's very naughty that they use the same logo. And it is the same. He sent a picture with that email, and it is the Space Precinct shield with the Space Precinct lettering, just not saying well, Space that Precinct. Is, uh, that is in breach of copyright, I think. Uh, I, I mean, don't I, shoot the messenger. Polygram are gone now, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. And also, statute of limitations and all that probably can't do anything now. Wasn't Space Precinct shown in France? I know it was bought by an awful lot of territories. Yeah, I don't it. know. I've, I've never seen a French dub of it. No. So, but I don't, think I've seen, I don't think I've seen any foreign language no. dubs of Space Precinct. Exactly. That'd be interesting. Did, mm. uh, tell us, did you see it? Are you living abroad? And did you see Space Precinct in the 90s, dubbed into a foreign accent? I, I don't like the way you're delivering those in a very 1970s style. Um, yes, interesting. Thank you, Sebastian. Yeah. And yeah. thanks for emailing. Uh, I have one here. Yes. Opens with, 
Felicitations. Oh, that's nice. Jamie the Bishop Anderson, Father Richard N. Unwin, right. and Mrs. Chris Appleby. <laughs> Not my words, Chris, <laughs> the words of Clive. Um, I felt compelled to email because I have, after months of prevarication, yes. eventually watched the Secret Service. Oh, right. well, well done, Clive. Life-changing stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. At the start of the episode, including and especially the opening theme, mm. I was certain this had been a mistake and I was prepared to switch off. Okay. Clive, how yeah. could you? Yeah. I have now finished the first disc of the DVD set uh, as a massive binge and absolutely love it. Oh, oh you see? Run over. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. The Secret Service is as insane as Jerry Anderson ever got, <laughs> and it's wonderful. I beg to differ, <laughs> Candy and Andy. We'll be hearing more about yes. that later, yes. Uh, Stanley Unwin is mesmerising as the gobbledygook-speaking secret agent priest. That's quite a mouthful, mm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, every mission involves, in some way, shrinking his gardener and putting him in the briefcase. Yes, standard. Mm -hmm. Using a shrink ray hidden in the Bible... Uh, this world-changing piece of technology is given to a rambling clergyman to resolve international espionage, of course. That seems completely rational to me. Totally rational. Could happen. To describe it to anyone would not do the Secret Service justice, as you just have to watch it and totally immerse yourself in the world without asking any questions. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's escapist Anderson perfection, and I even find myself singing the theme tune now. Gosh, it's a fugue, so that's quite complicated, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, you Impressive. had to go yourself, didn't you, many, well, many only, moons ago? I only did the, the, the first bit, the hidden yeah, part. Yeah. P.S. Hmm? Why does Mrs. Appleby hate Matthew so much? She's always on his case, and he's the gardener, so she's not in charge of him, in charge of him anyway, that <laughs> miserable old goat. Got all right, Clive. Steady. Oh, poor Mrs. Appleby. Crikey. Anyway, I digress. Deep joy, FAB. So long, and thanks for all the podcasts. Oh, that's, Clive that's Lewis. Thank you, Clive. Very Douglas Adams at the end. Mm, yeah, very nice. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm, I'm amazed that we've got another Secret Service convert. Well, I'm not really amazed, but I'm yeah. pleased. I'm pleased. Yeah. Um, one of the list. As to the Mrs. Appleby versus Matthew issue, mm -hmm. well, I don't know if you know this, Clive, but we have an upcoming book, bookazine, yes. called The Secrets of the Secret Service, written by our very own Chris Dale. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, so he's written that book, and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. In that book, we also have uh, all of the very limited run of comic strips of The Secret Service. Oh, yeah. And I'm reliably informed by the author of this book, Chris Dale, Chris Dale yeah. that your answer will be found within that first oh, comic strip. Oh, what a tease. Yeah, so mm. I can't possibly tell you on the podcast. Yeah. Top secret. I don't want to be in trouble with Bishop. But uh, yes, your answer is in the pages of The Secrets of the Secret Service coming very soon. Interesting. Uh, talking to Chris Dale, I think he's my favourite of the Jerry Anderson team. See, yeah, he is now. I feel like you're flip-flopping a bit because yeah. you had another favourite before. Yeah, he's gone down in my estimation a bit. What does he do to deserve no, that? No, nothing in particular, but I just like Chris. Oh, fair just enough. like what he does. Yeah. Um, Caleb got in touch and said, Hi, pod people. That's us. Hi, Hi Caleb. People. A while ago, you mentioned uh, that for the Barbie movie, the company built a real house to promote it. Mm. That's true. We did mention that. You then followed it by joking about building a real Tracy Island. Yes. Uh, which sounds absolutely incredible, but a bit unrealistic. I don't think we said Tracy Island. I think we said a... The house. A, yeah, the, the, the Tracy... The roundhouse. Um, villa, yeah. Villa, yes. uh, what is realistic, though, says Caleb, is building Jeff Tracy's office slash lounge. Mm. I'd love to see this happen. What do you think? A full-size Tracy lounge. Well, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's got to happen here at the Moxie in Slough, isn't it? I'm not sure they've got the space. <laughs> it's quite a spacious lounge. Yeah, but it 
maybe sort of part of the uh, you know downstairs kind of lounging about area. Good right. Well, That's do you want to propose that to the, the manager, Chris? Here I will, and, and I'll think. say it was Caleb's idea and nothing to do with me. Good idea. And yeah. if uh, if not, we can always say it was Chris Dale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all for now, but do drop us a line at podcast at jerryanson.com. We love to receive your emails, and um, we generally read them out pretty much every week. For the most part, yeah. I don't think there's a week where we haven't read out some emails from our podstrons. No, I think you're right. Right, good. They're always contributing somehow. Yeah, they are. Um, mm. I'm feeling in need of some news. Yeah, you look a bit awkward there. I'm always awkward, but I'm especially today. All right, John, do it now. Should we hand over to Specky for some news? <laughs> Let's do that. Over to you. Hello to all you Anderson fans out there, it's Jamie back again with another week of thrilling news from the world of Jerry Anderson. As always, there's a lot to get through, so let's jump right in. Big news for fans of The Day After Tomorrow, Into Infinity. We are bringing this classic to you in a special edition Blu-ray, fully restored and remastered both in picture and sound. Plus, it's packed with special features that will dazzle even the most dedicated fans so stay tuned for more details coming very soon. This Friday marks the launch of our eagerly awaited collectibles range, featuring none other than, of course, Eagle One and the Rescue Eagle. These are part of a very limited edition series, so be sure to place your pre-order to secure these exquisite models. You will not want to miss out. For those who've been eagerly anticipating the arrival of Candy and Andy, well, the wait is nearly over. Prepare yourselves for a vibrant array of colour photos featuring the mannequin children and their unique bipedal panda parents. Shipping begins this week. Don't forget our 2024 calendars are here and ready to adorn your walls. Whether you're a Thunderbirds enthusiast or a Space 1999 fan, we've got you covered. Grab yours today and prepare for the upcoming year in style. To all model kit enthusiasts, we have some exciting news. If you're planning to attend the International Plastic Modelers Society event in Telford this November, well, we'll be there too, with a variety of kits and even some exclusive free gifts. We can't wait to see you there. And of course, our YouTube channel continues to thrive with new content. Dive deeper into Dad's life and career with our latest videos offering a more personal and intriguing set of stories. Check it all out at youtube.com slash TV. And with that, we are truly done for this week. Keep your eyes on the skies, your ears open for the iconic tunes, and your hearts ready for more adventures. It's a big universe out there filled with endless possibilities and Anderson surprises. So take care, stay safe, keep the spirit of adventure alive. Until next time, FAB. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Always, always some news. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit gutted though that you've, no. you've now ran yeah. back on the singing because yeah. you've done so, so well. For a Look, I've weeks. been a bit What's... ill. I'm a bit under the weather. The last thing I wanted to do was sing at the top of my lungs. Okay, I'm what just. About, what about the boss? Man? I'm uh, no, I'm resting myself. Okay, so I'm not singing just for a little while. Is that okay. all right? Well, I, I hope you feel better soon, and you're in fine voice in the very near future. Perhaps even next episode. No. Okay. <laughs> I make no promises. Good. Okay. Fine. Now, there's something weird that happened in the Jerry Anderson universe over the last few weeks. I don't know if you noticed, a special book has arrived oh, yes. chronicling the adventures of two life-sized mannequins, uh, Candy and Andy, it's and so their weird. parents, Mr and Mrs Bearander. Or captors, we don't know. <laughs> mm. Anyway, to find out more, I think it's time for our special featurette slash interview that happened in the kitchen of my house. I, I cannot wait for this. I love your kitchen. 
This week's guest thought he'd stumbled into a parallel universe when he walked into a charity shop in the 90s and found a TV annual for sale, a universe where two huge doll children lived in an English village with their panda parents. Turns out, it was all true. He's here to tell us more about Candy and Andy and his new book devoted to them, It's Alan Dean. Uh, we're here to talk about something rather special. Ordinarily, we have guests along. Uh, to talk to us about one of Jerry's perhaps more outstanding series, UFO, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet and so on. But you're here to talk about something a little different, aren't you? Yeah, it's, well, significantly, it's not about a TV series. Mm. It's about a comic book and mm -hmm. a storybook mm. that was produced at the golden age huh. of Century 21, yeah. and Jerry, Jerry Anderson's work in the 60s. It's called Candy. But Candy was a comic that, was, that began in the beginning of 1967, very key years. Thunderbirds had just finished its TV run. And of course, the whole Scarlet universe was waiting. Next thing was Captain Scarlet yeah. on the way. But in the middle is Candy. Right. And Candy is not a TV series. And just to set the record straight, yeah. it was never intended to be a TV series. Hold that thought. That's great. We'll be coming back to Candy very shortly, Wedged Her Appetite. But you may or may not know, with all our guests, we like to play a little game. I'm and up it's, for it. Uh, good. It's called Super Identification. I'm going to show you some very quick clips from every one of uh, Jerry's TV series, the opening titles. And I'd like you to try and see how many okay. you can identify. So uh, shout out when you uh, see one you know. Ready for this? I am indeed. Take a look at this. Is that Twizzle or Battery Boy? Thunderbird? No, Thunderbird. Well, oh, that is Supergirl. No, no. That's Thunderbird Supply. That's Supergirl. Stingray. Yeah. Perfection. Captain Scarlet. Which I actually love, Joe Knighty. Oh, Secret Service. Sort of connection with Candy, actually. UFO. Brilliant. The Protectors. Space 1999. This is an emergency. Terrible. Oh, what's that one? Spanner? Big Spanner, maybe? The place of Space Lucy. Alan, well done. Yeah. Uh, you actually got, I think there were 18 in total. How well do you think you did? I think I certainly... 15? You absolutely got 15. Okay. Well, well done. done. Yes. Yeah. Now, what did I struggle with? Well, you struggled with the earlier ones, of course. Mm. Twizzle you got, then Torchy came next, which you weren't quite sure about. Four Feather Falls. Oh, the cowboy one. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. it makes sense. Yes. Uh, and then we were into Supercar, which you knew straight away, uh, the Fiberworks are five and so on. And then the later one, Space Precinct, you got a beat later. Right, okay. Lavender Castle? 
Jerry's last I never saw that. Uh, series. Interesting. No, I never saw uh, well, then uh, New Captain Scarlet, the last yeah. series. Ah, oh, well. right, of course. Uh, CGI, the really yeah, 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 yeah. But well done. So 13 is a very good score. Okay. Now, ordinarily, Alan, I would be writing your score on a little maquette of you in the Thunderbird song <laughs> and sticking it on the table, but we'll have to wait until we're back in the studio to do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but well done. Um, no, so, I'm pleased. I'm, pl I'm pleased that it's okay because obviously I'm here <laughs> talking about candy, yeah. but I'm also here, of course, because I'm a fan. Yeah. Well, plainly so. Um, so which came first? Being a fan of the, of the shows or having your, your work taking you into those shows? Without a doubt, being a fan. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in the 60s. I was born in 1961. So I'm a child of the 60s. As a child of the 60s, what else is there? As well as, you know, the kind of the life of the, you know, the Beatles, Rolling Stones. Yeah. There is the yeah. world of uh, supermarination. And, yeah. and, and, and for me, I think the first, my first memory of um, Jerry Anderson's work was most probably watching a standard eight film of Fireball XL5 right. at a friend's birthday party. Ah, lovely. You know, well, you, you all sat around, there was a screen put up, and it, yeah. you know, the dad would have the projector, and you'd watch, and, it, and I, I think, and I was mesmerized. Yeah. And, then, and, and then I think I was probably the first TV series I watched you know, as, as, as it was happening was, was probably Thunderbirds. Uh -huh. But of course, all of this was in black and white. Yeah, right. At that time. Yeah. So in a way, there was two worlds of, of, of Anderson in the 60s. There was watching it on TV. Yeah. And then there was the comics. Yeah. And so I, I think it was the comics as well that really got me into it. You know, sort of TV 21. Was, was probably the thing that just because it was so tactile, you could look at it over and over again. Great. It was. Yes. It was. It, it wasn't just once a week or anything. It was. It was yes. there all the time. Right. And of course, it was the world before we had. We we could repeat anything. We, yeah. You know. The, you know the VHS and DVDs and so forth. Yeah. So it, 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 that was the one thing you could have with you all the time. Yeah. Uh, one a previous guest, Lee Sullivan, who's a comics illustrator, right. uh, talks about the smell of things, the smell of the comics, the smell of the toys. I think that well, that sort of stuff is so important. I, I know totally, and I think there's two things. There's, there's obviously the kind of the, the Proustian concept of smell in the sense of you, as, a, as you're much older, looking back in your childhood. But there is something about that tactile quality, mm. and and I think the great thing about um, Supermarination was it was so three dimensional, it, because it it was because it wasn't human, yeah. But it was just felt. It, it felt like you could sort of touch this stuff. It felt it, there was something surreal about it, yeah. And I think that was the power of, uh, of of the Anderson world. And I actually also have a photograph, which I which which you could have a look at at some point, yeah. which is me and my sister dressed up as Captain Scarlet and Lady Penelope, um, <laughs> in my grandma's front room. Great. And they were the play suits. Great. We got them for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and you know we're we're we are standing there as as. Uh, as, as sort of sentient beings, but totally locked into the world of Anderson, you know, which was pretty much how I, is a part of how I recall the 60s, is, is that world, really. Were those experiences then, as a youngster, instrumental in you becoming a, a broadcaster, an historian? Uh, I think historian, I, I've, I, I started off my, my working career, I started off as an oral historian. I, I, I worked for local museums and then I moved into the British Library and I spent some years um, training as an oral historian at the British Library and then travelling the nation interviewing people. Oh. So most of my work was primarily about people's stories, people's life stories. So I was fascinated by the human experience and people telling their stories as a, and particularly stories that weren't often told. 
So that was part of my interest, and um, and then I moved into radio broadcasting. It's funny, isn't it, how you know each of uh, Jerry's eras of production, shall we say, are so synonymous with the decades in which they're set. You know, if if you are a fan of those Captain Scarlet. Candy fan. Uh, it's all about the 60s. If you're into UFO and space, 1999, it's the 70s and the fashions that went with that, and the concepts and the ideas and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think, and I think for most of us, you know, of, of uh, you know, that supermarination period is very specific because it, it is, it's, it, it had, it had so much more. It was about the storylines. It was about the incredible kind of concepts around those the, the, the stories but i think as, as well there was something about the music that was part of it mm -hmm. it was it was such a sense around experience because you got everything you got these wonderful characters but the music was just it was in your head mm -hmm. and it stays in your head yes. to this day yeah. you know there was no toys about it you know i think that that connection between jerry anderson and barry gray was an absolute masterstroke. Yeah. i think it just it just it, it just get, it lifted everything to another level. Yeah. So you know I'm a fan and, and just sort of stepping forward a little bit by by the 1980s, um, I I kind of was already interested. I, I I would I was very involved in sort of social movements at the time. I was quite involved in the punk movements. I did fanzines and things like that, and I was I, I kind of got very inspired by what was happening around in the 70s. But at, but at the same time. I kind of lost my way into the 80s. I wasn't really interested in new romanticism. I wasn't really right. interested in Margaret Thatcher's experiment for the nation. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, I kind of, in a way, drifted back into the 60s. And interest in the 60s, 60s music and, 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 and so forth, 60s politics. And one of the things that really, you know, I, I, I expect like a lot of people who are, have got, had a bit of free time on their hands sometimes, um, we go into charity shops. And I found this. Aha, uh -huh. right. So, and, and I found this annual. This is the very annual I found. Yeah. It was 10p. I remember yeah. that. Um, and yeah. <laughs> you can see that, can't you? Um, candy. Yeah. Candy. And, and, and when are we talking? When did you discover this? That must be about the mid 80s. Right. So I was in my 20s. Yeah. And of course, as I was looking at it, I, I had no memory of at all. Yeah. And as I was looking at it, I realized straight away, this is this is the work of Jerry Anderson. This is the work of Century 21. And I had no idea about it. And of course it was confirmed because on, on, on the credits it's yeah. Century 21, yeah. 1967. But there was something about what the quality, the, the aesthetic? It's the aesthetic straight away. Yes. It, it, obviously it's the puppets. It, it, yeah. It's the puppets. But of course what's so intriguing is that they were life-size, which was bizarre. The sixth mini, you know, the stripy mini was just wonderful. And of course, the Berandis. <laughs> yeah, how bonkers is this? And as I was reading through this annual, um, it, I, I was wondering, look at the back picture of that. It's fantastic. You know, you've got, you, you've got a, a lovely sort of wintry outing. In the stripy mini, the Berandas, parents, foster parents, guardians, we do not know, with Candy and Andy. And um, it's so beautifully constructed and realised it could only be the work of the Anderson team. Yeah. Because, of course, the expertise, the skills of the people who are creating the models, the designs, the, the, the props, were so incredible, as we know. Um, and they, if they put their minds to something, they could do something like this. Yeah. And they could do it quite brilliantly. But, of course, it was wonderfully bonkers. Now, the first question I would ask if I discovered that in a charity shop in the 80s, well... This is a series. Why don't I remember it? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, and so of course, 
I knew pretty much everything that happened in the 60s. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, the fact that I didn't remember it, I must have, I realised straight away this was not a TV series. Uh -huh. This had not been created for the screen yeah. at all. This was obviously something that was a sideline, yeah. a side project. And then how the story evolves is in the early 90s when I was working for the British Library, I was also working on a project called the Oral History of British Photography. And I thought, well, this is, why don't I try and find something who took some pictures for Jerry Anderson? Right. So at the same time, one of my colleagues on the project was putting together an exhibition at the Barbican Art Gallery in London called Who's Looking at the Family? Val Williams was, is, a, is a, a, a very acclaimed uh, photographic historian. And she said, um, why don't we, you, you're interested in candy. And I just looked at these images and I said, they work, work really well in the exhibition. Um, and so how it came about is that for the exhibition, I got to interview Jerry and Doug Luke. Right. Okay. And Doug was one of the one of the great yes. um, stills photographers uh, who worked with worked with Jerry Anderson for many many years on so many different projects. And he just he'd actually he, he he had been years in the film industry. You know, I think before he worked with Jerry, he was working on the Beatles Help film. Right. And then That's moved it. on to yeah. you know so so yeah. you know, from the Beatles to to Thunderbirds. Yeah. You know. There you go. There you go. Exactly. They. We're a bit hazy about candy. <laughs> you know, Doug had photographed candy a lot, but it, I think it's so many other things he'd done. And he sort of, he remembered certain things very well. Yeah. Uh, and other things he sort of struggled with a bit. Yeah. So there was still a lot of research to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the meantime, I had put the word about that I was interested in candy. Someone had heard about it, it was a dealer at a comics convention, and he'd found some original transparencies right. from Candy, yes. which told a lot because, yes. of course, there were, some of them were two-inch square, some of them were larger format. The quality was superb. Um, and looking at those transparencies, it really kind of captivated me to find out more. When you look at the original transparencies, the quality, just it just is on another level, of course. So you'll see, you're literally looking into that world, Amazing. the world that was produced at the time for, for the comic book. So it was so beautiful. So I was so intrigued by that. And then really um, what happened was that the exhibition at, opened at the Barbican with, you know, endorsed by Jerry and Doug, you know, because they, they, you know, they, they were in the exhibition. Yeah, yeah. And so there was, a, there was a great deal of excitement around it. And there was, a, there was some articles in the papers about candy. And it's interesting, the exhibition has some great photographers, photographers from all around the world, past and present. And the press were intrigued about candy. Really? They were thinking, you know, they say, you know, Lady Penelope's long lost niece. <laughs> okay. I think that was the Daily Mail. Does that quite work? <laughs> but you know, they were they because they, they knew Anderson Thunderbirds yes. handy. Right. We'd never heard of it. These yeah. are intriguing, they're bizarre, they're strange, they're yeah. fascinating. What 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 is it about them? You know, why don't we remember them? It was done with incredible expertise expertise, but it just didn't seem to click. Mm. It didn't last. It lasted give or take a year. Right. It's a very short life. Yes. Um, so really what happens is that is that as I was researching the project, um, I found the annuals. What was more difficult to find were the comics? Because things like TV21, which are obviously 
you know, all of your viewers are, are totally know, you know, this is, yeah. this is actually what, I think my only copy of it actually, uh-huh. but it's classic, isn't it? This is 1966. You know, this was this 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 sold in in huge huge numbers, but it was it was treasured. These were treasured by a, you know an older reader, but of course, Candy comes along, and beautifully produced. That's the comic that came out in January 1967, and the thing about this is number one of Candy, and you you turn the page and you you, you know you you've got you've got beautiful color, the same the same printers as as, as TV Twenty One. Right. Okay. So it really yeah. it's really beautiful. So it, so the photographic photographic strips are incredibly well produced, and then you have the, the likes of Winnie the Pooh, Thunderbirds for chil- little children, um, <laughs> which is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tinger and Tucker, who were a popular TV feature at the time, right. a lovely image of Stripey, Bengo. So what you get is a mixture of candy. Which is the photography with strips, with 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 uh, comic strips for the youngsters. Um, I managed to find a site. Obviously, I researched and found more uh, issues of Candy. Found more annuals and storybooks, and really, you know, it's amazing. You know, you know, the, the, these storybooks were. There's another annual here, another storybook. This is wonderful. It's it's so wonderful. It's you know, a penny for the guy. I I, oh. I, I, you know, I particularly like that one. So what's so interesting is that you know, Thunderbirds, Scarlet are in the future. Candy is now. So it's a little bit like Joe 90 was yeah. now. Yeah. But uh, Secret Service and so forth. Yeah. But Candy is now. But also the whole point of it, because it was photographic, and Candy and Andy were the same size as, as, as children of their, of their age. They could interact. So there was lots of imagery of Candy and Andy with real children. Quite bizarre. And real children were invited to join them, you know, in the comic <laughs> competitions, when this competition, Whoa. have a day out with Candy and Andy, go to Longleat, see, you know, go, you know, see the wildlife with Candy and Andy. So they, they were, they were your friends. Yes. And of course, the question that most probably a lot of people are totally intrigued about is that, yes, Candy and Andy are lifelike. They look like a boy and a girl, albeit a boy and a girl are sort of, who have escaped the village of the damned, the classic <laughs> film of John Wyndham's Midwich Cuckoo's, the blonde-haired spooky alien children. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, their parents aren't humanoid in shape. Yes. They are giant pandas. Uh, yes. Now, Jerry, when I interviewed Jerry Anderson, this was back in about 93, um, so this is 30 years ago, yeah. um, he, he thought that the panda element was a brilliant idea because the nation had gone panda crazy giant panda crazy okay, okay, in the late yes. 50s yeah. because chi chi had arrived from china yeah. all the way to london zoo yeah. and people were queuing around the block to see this giant panda we'd gone giant panda crazy um here's the book um, so the book is, is is comes out at the end of october and um, um jamie does the introduction um, and there's a foreword, and I, and I write the essay about the story of Candy, and it's a series of photographs, and these are all taken from the original transparencies, and then I think that's another touch. I think I mentioned it earlier, but what's beautiful, what because it's photography, and because the comics and 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 the, and the annuals did use a much cruder form of paper, they never intended to reproduce the photographs in their in their way in their magnificence. Mm. What you get for the first time is yeah. really beautifully produced examples of 
these incredible photographs that were taken. I love the one of the blacksmith. Yeah. You know, so can you now you meet the blacksmith at the neighbouring village? <laughs> and he, you know, this is Mr. Sibley, who was who was from a a long family of blacksmiths. Right. Okay. You wow. know, so he was kind of well known in the village. I see. Too. Yeah. Um, you know, so real, real kids sort of waving candy and Andy goodbyes after a lovely adventure. You know, it's uh, there's the mini again. Yeah, you know, and also let's face it, the mini. You know, if there's ever a symbol of sixties Britain, I know the mini actually was invented in the late fifties. Yeah. But is ever a symbol of sixties yeah. Britain is the mini, yeah. and, and of course the striping mini yeah. to boot. And now tell us how the book came about. Then. Right. Where so how did the idea come from, and who approached who? So what happened with the book is that I'm. I I've, I have been sitting on this stuff, and I'd worked with Four Corners the Publishers on a previous book, and we were in conversation. I said, well, I've got these negatives. I've got these transparencies. Mm -hmm. This is what they are. And they looked at took one look and mm -hmm. said, these are fantastic. These are fabulous. Mm -hmm. They've never been reproduced like yeah. this. Let's put a book together. Yeah. And we approached Jamie Anderson, and Jamie um, was... Delighted to be part of it, yeah. and thought you know wrote the forewords and uh -huh. and sort of you know in a way I think I'm sure he would agree this is part of the wider picture of of, of what of, of what the Anderson team were doing at that time. Yes. and I think it needs to be out in the world and and I think and I, the other thing about the the book the book publishers Four Corners um they're an art book publishers and I think they took a artistic perspective they wanted a book to look something a bit special. And they produce something that was very tactile. It's mm. lovely, it's lovely, yeah. Yeah, you know, lovely, lovely black, black and gold cover with the, yeah. with, the, with a with this is one of Doug Luke's photographs on the cover, um, and and just beautifully produced. Um, I, and and I just think it it sort of in a way lifts Candy into a into a tw the twenty first century, right? Yes. Um, and I and I think it's a good chance for people. Of course, I'd love to think that the Anderson fans would enjoy it, yeah. but a wider audience as yeah. well, younger people who who may be not aware of that world, yeah. could see this and just see. And I, I think what is interesting, why it fits into the Anderson world, is, is that you know, obviously Jerry was fascinated with puppets, puppetry, miniature. Obviously, this is real size, but there is something about the the, the miniature, the image of of of. of of a plastic coated boy and girl <laughs> that still fits into the sort of Anderson over. Well, I mean, talking of that, where does it sit then in the Anderson legacy? Does it deserve its place, do you think, in the whole stretch of. Uh, I, 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 of course, it deserves its place. Obviously, as I, I am not bigging up Candy as a sort of rival to the. The masterpieces, you know, I'm I'm a child of the sixties, so for me, you know, I, Stingray, Thunderbirds, and Captain Scarlet, um, and to, and Fireball, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I can go on, yeah, yeah. we could go on, <laughs> and so I wouldn't compare that. I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I think they're different, but I think I, I think it's important to recognise that if you're doing something creatively at a time, and you you have got a team of such talent around you. You can have a go and do something and, and, and try, and I think it was a, it was an experiment that didn't work, but I think that it it it, it was a success in its own right mm. because it was done so well, mm. and yeah. I think that's the important thing. And of course, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's completely yeah. That's right. It is. Yeah, you know, and I think that and, you know, as I said, I'm you know I'm trying to kind of give you an art perspective of it all, <laughs> but it is wonderfully fun. <laughs> and I and I th and I think that and I and I think that is part of the charm as well. Yeah. Um, 
and I, and I think the other thing is just briefly is is you know I talked about the um, the sort of Englishness of it, and I think that, that there's something interesting about how sort of the nation looked in colour in the sixties. Because if you go back to you know even Anderson's work, the, you know if you go back to Torchy or even Supercar, mm -hmm. Fireball, mm -hmm. they're very much part of the black and white world. They're the they're the fifties, you know, Fireball is the kind of the sixties coming in. Yes, yes. But all of a sudden, there's this explosion of colour yeah. as 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 the nation swings. Yeah, Carnaby Street and everything. Yeah, and I think in a way, Candy's very much part of that. It's very much part of a. You know the the little the quaint English village, which was sort of old fashioned, the old blacksmith and so forth, which was you could imagine old photographers going around with black and white pictures taking them. Uh -huh. All of a sudden, this is in swinging yeah. British sixties colour. Yeah, and I think that I think that that's also part of the charm is it really captures the nation at that time. You know, so I, I think it's I think it, it's, it's a fascinating. You seem a, a little like a man on a mission to bring to bring this stuff more into the public eye. Is it job done? Do you hope? Or do you have more plans for well, Candy and Andy? I, 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 it would be amazing if someone said, I love this so much, I'd love to turn it into um, some kind of super marinated project. Uh -huh. or some kind of... Yeah. And so, yeah. Let's wait and see. <laughs> I, think, I think the key thing is, I, what I really would like to do is to, is to kind of offer up this book um, as, a, as an opportunity to, have a, to see what was going on at that time and, yeah. and, and that and, and what candy was about where it would lead to mm -hmm. that would be also up to those who read the book enjoy mm -hmm. it, and see what what they get out of it and yeah. i'll be very interested yeah. to hear from anderson fans themselves about how they think it can be developed yeah you yeah. know it'd be interesting to hear from jamie if yeah. he thinks you know there's a way of developing it in another, in other ways That's right. if there is an interest you never know you never people know. might look at it just as they did in the 60s and think this is too bonkers <laughs> this is so out there you know just you know slide it at the bottom of the uh the, you know the kind of the stack of books um so you never know you say that you'd like to uh, hear from Anderson fans about their experience with the book. So, where can they get in touch with you? Are you on any social medias? Or? Yeah, the best one is most probably Instagram. Yeah, um, Instagram is where where um, I'm, and I'm also promoting the book on Instagram. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, um, and and also I, I think that obviously through through um, through through you, yeah. it would be great to yeah. you know if anyone wants to write directly to you, that would be fantastic. Oh. Pass it on, that would be fantastic. Yeah, sure you say I'm a man on a mission. To a certain extent, of course, I am because you know I, I'd like to you know candy had been forgotten. Yeah, and and I do I do feel it's important to 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 get to have an opportunity if an opportunity arose yeah. to be able to present this work. Yeah. Um, uh, in it, and obviously the the sad thing, of course, is that um, what has been lost? Yeah, indeed. Just like so many other things. That's right. You know, um, when when I met with Doug, he had four transparencies. In a little portfolio mm -hmm. of his work wow. over the years. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's yeah. nothing, you know, so much of it. And I suppose that the way that is interesting is the transience of that time. Mm -hmm. Is that no one thought, you know, um, did people think that we'll be talking about Thunderbirds and everything else? That's right. In the 21st century? Yeah. In yeah. century 21? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like so many toys and programs for kids, they're of their time and things move on. But there has there's been this ongoing fascination with the work of Anderson, um, which 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 
you know, I, I think he's there because it's it, it's great. Yeah. You know, so. It's been fascinating talking yeah. to you. Thank so you. very enlightening. Uh, Candy Andy and the Barangas. There it is. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I think available through the Jerry Anderson store. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we can find it there. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Alan Dean. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Alan Dean, that was nice. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, extraordinary to find someone with such a passion about such a niche project and product. But thank goodness there are people who are so passionate about such niches. And it's taken him years. Yes. Decades. Decades yeah. of his life. Well, Alan and I have been wasted. emailing for years. Not wasted. <laughs> no, because no, it's all culminated in this lovely book. And yeah. Alan and I have been emailing for years. Yeah. Uh, and to sort of see this thing finally happen is is bonkers. So. Yeah, but I'm very lucky he did leave a copy behind him when he left, and that is now on my coffee table. Brilliant. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the first time someone comes around and just idly flicks through and thinks, what on earth? That's a very strange interest you have there, Richard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great. So, it, yes. It's a lovely thing. The, the images are beautiful, mm. and it's just so quirky and weird. Yeah. And you, I just find myself imagining Doug Luke, the photographer, doing all of these setups. You know, be, being outside in country lanes or by the river and pit passers by thinking, what yes. is he doing? Uh, and not just that, but, you know, having everything, everything in the back of his car. Yeah. <laughs> just pitching up, taking out these mannequins, taking some pictures. Yeah. Stuffing them back and off he goes. Just utterly bizarre yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. So, there we so, go. Uh, thank you to Alan very much for his time and for joining me for uh, that little interview. Next week, I think we've got Mark Braxton from the Radio Times joining us. Oh, oh. Hmm? Should we, we mention the Radio Times now you've said that? Uh, what what that about a, the Radio Times? Well, I, I just happen to have this copy here. Oh, yes. Now, I have to say, the fact that Mark is joining us and the fact that he left a very nice review for us in the Radio Times uh, are two facts that are not actually linked at all. Because on page 112 yeah. of this edition of the Radio Times, yes. there's only a, a blooming yeah. review of our podcast. That's right. It's nice, isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah, so thank you, Mark. That's really, yeah, really kind thanks, of you. Mark. That's so kind. And yeah. I, if you are listening or watching now, Oh, Ostron. God, because you've read the review. Because of the review. I'm so sorry we've let you down, but do email us anyway, podcast at uh, jerryanderson.com, yeah. and, and say, uh, I'm here from the Radio Times. Yeah. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago now, of course, but uh, you may be joining us for the first time, only to find the person who wrote that review is now a guest on the podcast. Yeah, but that's just serendipity. Of course it is, absolutely yeah. right. Uh, now, over on our Facebook group, our wonderful Podstrons have been commenting away. Mm. Uh, it's quite easy if you're on Facebook to navigate your way to the group just by putting in your browser, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrong. Usually done, yes. Answer a few questions, I think, and you'll be let in and let loose. Yeah. I think we're ten away from a big thousand, you oh, know. Oh, the thousand it, was what we were after. I know, it? by Christmas, I thought, yeah, but it keeps there. coming and going, but we're at 990 at the moment. I think people are leaving the group. <laughs> they do, unfortunately. Just too nice for them, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Simon White says, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Terror Hawks, 39 years ago today, another classic series, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends made its debut. Yes. With the episodes uh, Thomas and Gordon, Thomas Gets Tricked, and Edward and Gordon, Edward Helps Out, with the introduction being done by Sergeant Major Zero and Lieutenant Hero. Yes. Those links, some of those links are on YouTube, I think. Yes, and CJ List then said, well, I can see the connection. That's between uh, Thomas the Tank Engine and Terror Hawks. Each engine has a different number and personality driven by people wearing blue overalls. That's fair enough. Is that a link and a connection? Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks very man. nice. Um, Adam Reed says, yeah. 
for you beer lovers. Right. My Terrorhawks beer arrived today. Very happy. Anderson Entertainment are exploring new avenues and a beer collaboration is a clever idea. I thank you very much, Adam. Uh, and this is an excellent example. Sergeant Major Zero would be proud. Oh. Well, he, he, I think he did have a bit of a drink, didn't he? Did he? Had he? some champagne, yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Got a bit um, squiffy. Who's, whose idea was the Terrorhawks beer? I, I'm afraid to say it was mine. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It's because um, Brew York did that Cap- uh, Captain Strata and the Nectarons oh, beer, okay. which I drank several cases of because yeah. it was lovely. Yeah. And then we said, why don't we do a Terrorhawks beer? <laughs> and so we have. Um, lovely. It's it great. Uh, Penn Quiller says, I'm reading the Thaden Monster from the Deep Stingray book that I'd bought uh, a little while back from the GA store. Uh, I'd read all these when I was a child, but reading again as an adult, I'm amazed at the vocabulary Thaden uses. I had to look up Mm. Hadal, Hadal, H-A-D-A-L. They certainly didn't believe in simplifying their language for their young readers back then. You see, teasingly, Penn gives us that word, but then doesn't tell us what it means. We don't know what it means. No, so we'll have to look it up now. Shall I do that now? Yeah, Hadal. H-A-D-A-L. I'll Uh, come back with that. Yeah, Rebecca Andrews says, uh, Oh, I picked up these today. Thunderbirds annuals from the 1990s. 1992, I think. Uh, To which David Rouse says, Well, I got the Thunderbirds annual for Christmas in 1992. I think it's still around somewhere. Is that the one with the story where John manages to fumigate himself in Thunderbird 3 and nearly crashes into a major population centre? Sounds good, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, to which Matthew Alderman Harris replied, "Yes, it is." And our own Andrew Clements recently narrated an audio book. Of course, of it. he did. Available on YouTube. Andrew Clements being my favourite of the uh, Jerry Anderson team, of course. <laughs> you really like to play favourites, don't you? Uh, <laughs> gosh, if you had to guess what Hadal or Hadal, Hadal means, or Hadal. Hadal. I think it's some sort of. Um, is it a bowl? Some sort of kitchen cooking implement? No, this is not around a Panderson, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. uh, no, it's an adjective. Relating to the zone of the sea greater than 6,000 metres in depth. That is so specific. Wow. How on earth is a child reader supposed to know that? Well, well, I suppose the idea is you then go to your, the internet, or, or in those days, the to in, your... The internet to in your 1964, dictionary. To your dictionary. Yeah. Yes, all right. And you look it up. That's, that's so... So bizarre. Anyway, Penn, thanks for... I mean, I've, I've learned something. Every day's a school day on the <laughs> I wonder if the next podcast. time you're going to use that word, do you think? I don't think I've got any particular need to use it right now, but I, I, I might try... I'm, I've got a little event tonight, so I might try and impress Ooh. somebody by using it Okay, there. good, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one for you, I think, though, Jane. Oh, from Anthony Zehetna. Yes. Uh, and a swap. Yeah, nice idea. Yeah. What series would you boot to recruit... Uh-huh. Uh, if you had the opportunity to reschedule some Jerry Anderson seasons around uh, and jettison one existing one for a potential other, what would you choose? Right. Okay, so would you prefer season two of UFO instead of season two of Space 1999? Oh, that's harsh. I'm, I think a lot of people would prefer that. Mm, careful. Yeah. Uh, should I'm new Captain Scarlet have been new space precinct in glorious CGI? Well, yes. no, but then you would have been out of a job, mate. True, so. I would have been. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, so you don't want that, do you? No. Or would the Secret Service still have been made, or would we have had a limited series of the Intruder or the Protectors reunion special? I mean, why not? The Intruder. Yeah. (laughs) The Investigator? I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I I, I think we can discount uh, Protectors reunion special, probably. Uh, Talking to Space Precinct, do you know who I've invited to join us on the podcast? I haven't yet had a response. And if he did, it would be amazing. Because he would sit where you're sat now, he would say all my words, and I would just mouth them. Oh, Kieran thingy. Kieran Jakinis. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Haven't heard back. Oh. <clears throat> there we are. Awkward. Uh, right, awkward now, but uh, if you are on Facebook, do join in all the fun. People post pictures of their cosplays and their merchandise and um, just their random musings about 
Jerry Anderson things or other things. Yeah, and we, sometimes, we love it. You know, people in life have a bit of a rough time and uh, sometimes they head straight to the Jerry Anderson podcast group and they get lots of love and support and support from the, uh, their fellow Podstrons. It's brilliant. Isn't yeah, it? it's really nice. What a lovely crowd. Yeah, good. Uh, right, all for now. I think it's about time that we headed on over to the old randomizer sofa. Uh, um, well, now there's a thing, of course. Alan Dean isn't around to press the button, is he? So what's Chris going to do about that? I don't know. We'll find out. Let's have a look. Over to you, Chris. Well, no guest in the studio today. No one to press the button on the randomizer. So there's no one to press the button on the randomizer. Just get in here. Come on, come on, just get in here. Oh, fine. Yes, all right. Everyone, this is Ross. Ross is our man behind the camera. He is indeed our entire camera and tech team. Hello. And, um, he's here to press the button today because I have no one else to do it. So Ross. How excited are you? Gosh, what an honour. First seen... time ever on the podcast. You've seen so many people come before you to press this button, and now it's your turn. Well, here we go. You know how it's done? I hope I don't get this wrong. I'm sure you won't. Oh, thank you very much. Nervous. Yes, indeed, as well you should be. So, uh, what, what series are you hoping you might uh, produce for us today? I mean, Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds always a classic, classic but yes. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind a Lavender Castle. Lavender Castle? Well now, what about this? What about this indeed? This is Lavender Castle. It's just come up on the randomizer, and today's episode is The Black Swat. Ooh, so Ross, thank you very much. We'll enjoy The Black Swat, as I always enjoy a little bit of Lavender Castle. So, we welcome back to the randomizer. For the first time in our video podcast studio, it's Lavender Castle with The Black Swat. And uh, I said several times, I'm always up for a bit of Lavender Castle. It is, uh, you know, it's not a show that I will ever probably watch again after I do the randomizer, but it is like a little glass of champagne. You know, it's just a, it's a nice bubbly, frothy pick-me-up. And uh, Lord knows we could all do with a bit of that from time to time. So I'm very excited, uh, nay keen, to see what this week's episode of Lavender Castle has to offer us. Uh, the Black Swat makes me think pirates. Makes me wonder if uh, if it could be an episode with Short Fred Lead. Yes, good stuff. I do like a bit of Short Fred Lead. This is a pie. This is a pie. Ah, yes. Um, not the show's main antagonist because that was Doctor Agon. But I just love that we have a. Uh, a full-blown, full-fledged space pirate in the Anderson universe. Um, as we covered, was it last week, with uh, Fireball XL5 and space pirates. I, I just love the, uh, the retro look of those characters, and it's the same with this. Ah, so, Short Fred Lead has found the Paradox is, uh, has settled on a, a planet. What's going on today? This planet doesn't look like a cross to me, and I should know I'm the one in the pilot seat, remember? Oh, Sproggles led them astray again. See, Roger, you never do. I never oh. see. That's rich coming from you. And what if it is shaped like a cross anyway? Oh, spot, mark, and X. Okay, so Sproggle has, uh, yes, seen an X-shaped planet and thought, aha. Treasure. You know, according to my databank, this isn't the right sort of planet for treasure. Oh, okay. it is a treasure spot. None of you believe Sproggle. No. Sproggle's going to find it. Uh, 
None of us has any reason to believe Sproggle. Oh dear, there he goes. Well, they're sending Sproggle off on his own. Uh, this is certainly not going to backfire. I'd better go and see he's alright. Oh, what? You don't think there's treasure out there too, do you? No, it's just Lyca's reason for existence is to make sure that Sproggle's alright. Bless. Oh, but there is the... Is it the Cutting Snark? Is that Short Fred Led's ship? Scoundrel thrice knowing we're here! Oh. Cannons! Prepare for a broadside! Ah. And again, you have this lovely uh, early-ish CGI. Um, oh, what? How did he know that was coming? Oh no! They've blown the paradox in half. That's not done. Oh, oh my goodness! This is uh, quite significant damage. Oh well. And it's all your fault. Dr. Aegon. I don't think so. This is old-fashioned gunpowder. Gunpowder? <gasps> that means... Walking oh. stick's all right. It was short, Fred Light. Walking stick? Are you all right? Well, apart from being buried under 14 tons of rubble, I'm fine. What happened? <laughs> the cutting snark blew Ah, cutting snark, I was right, yes. All oh, survived. So where are they? Well, I hope there's some uh, some way to restore the paradox because uh, otherwise, this this cuts the series short a bit. Uh, Sproggle has no choice. Uh, Sproggle is reason ship exploded. So everyone else has presumably been taken prisoner by Shortfred Lead, and is now on board the Cutting Snark. Remember from the first episode that he uh, wants to sell them into slavery, or sell them to Dr. Aegon as slaves. Ah, <laughs> uh, and having, having got them all in the hold, or most of them, he's now getting sloshed. And of course, Sproggle and Lyca are sneaking aboard from behind. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh dear. Yeah, Short Fred Bird is getting well and truly hammered. Oh no! There's some kind of force field over the cell door. Oh! Some sort of force field led set up. I called, I called it! I mean, okay, the line, it's some sort of force field is quite common to sci-fi shows, but not ones that have been set by spiders. Oh! Now Short Fred Bird's holding a knife to Sproggle's throat. Oh, right. There's the title. Black Swap gets you. you oh, you're yes. stuck until you rocked. And it's a lovely voice that Sproggle has. Um, the performance. You know, obviously, he is the comic relief. At times, he can be a bit grating, particularly when he gets everybody into trouble. But there was some real reluctance and hesitation in that voice that I, I really admire. My old matey Sproggle, oh. And Sproggle is on the receiving end of... Ooh, Shortfred Led's Cutlass. Again, it's just a beautiful character. Everything about all of these characters, for the most part, is just gorgeous. But then Cosgrove Hall stop-motion animation was 
always beautiful to look at. Oh. Wouldn't want you to miss seeing your matey die. Oh no, we wouldn't want that. Move along there, Oh dear. So what's Short Friend Ned's plan here? Making Sproggle walk the plank, which is fine. Another oh. step and you'll never find the treasure. Sproggle will take it secret. Ah, right. Short Fred Led believes in the treasure. Oh, no, he doesn't. All oh, right, like has been clever. Okay. Ah, I'm struggling to keep up with this uh, this show for for very young children. This cave. Oh, there's treasure, all right. Ah, of course. Short Fred Led can be tricked into believing that there is treasure on this treasure planet. She may not look like much, but one false move and she'll pack your eyes out. Quite similar to Sproggle's voice there. Ned, you didn't even find a treasure. Oh, Sproggle didn't, didn't he? Now, where is... Is this what you're looking for? the doorknob. Yes, they found a doorknob earlier. Um... What's this going to be? I'm guessing it's going to be something that points the way to Lavender Castle, but in an inconclusive way. Let's see. Or maybe it re rebuilds the ship. Uh, it's lavender coloured, so... Ah. Real treasure. Okay, it's um, taking away the chains that Shortfed Led put on them. It's frozen his bird sidekick. Yeah, reconstructing the ship. Ah, oh, there it is. I see. Good as new. Lavender Castle. Of course. Way. Oh right, yes. There's a lavender star in the sky. And short for glad. My little pet. Your oh. little pet. Yes, Captain, Captain Thrice is now trying to, to coax the black swat into uh, laying down a force field trap for short Fred lead. And they're away, hurrah! Blow me, Sproggle was right after all. <laughs> there is a cross, a skull and crossbones. Oh, that's quite clever, okay. Oh, I don't think Sproggle would have noticed that. We haven't seen the last of Shortbread Lane. No, thank goodness. Well, that may be so. Well, I hope not. Um, I, I mean, the way I'm watching this in random order, I may have covered all his stories now. I hope not, because I like him a lot. What? Oh, so now he's trapped. His spider's on the other side. So he's got no way out. But we know from later episodes that he does get out. So it'll be all right for Short Fred Led. Uh, he'll, he'll be back to, to pester the Paradox crew another day. And there we go, that was the Black Swat. That was another thoroughly enjoyable episode of, of Lavender Castle. Again, nothing with this show has sort of underwhelmed me or overwhelmed me. I know whenever this comes up, I know exactly the level of quality that we're going to get. And uh, yeah, I wasn't disappointed with that. Um, some more nice character stuff with my favourite guest villain of the series, uh, Short Fred Led. I don't think he's ever going to be pitched to the post on that title. Um, so anything with Short Fred Led gets two thumbs up from me. Nice one. Oh, well, I see. Thought it's it. Ross Arrowsmith, Ross my makes his... third favourite member of the Joe team. On. Oh, it's a sliding, you know, it's kind of up and down. It's, it's live. You're very you inconsistent. I mean? It's you're like a live thing. You're dangerously inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. That was fun, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and Lavender Castle. Lavender Castle. So that makes Ross 
Simpsons Clips 24's favourite member of the Jerry Anderson podcast team. Too right. Well done, Ross. Absolutely. Very impressive. I do love Lavender Castle. There is something very charming about it. Yeah. It's, it? it's lovely. It's very sweet. Yeah. Great kind of escapist, yeah. silly fun. Yeah. Lovely characters. Uh, all very beautiful looking. And the closest that Jerry really got to producing a, a fairy tale, really, I yeah. think. I mean, yeah, of course, well, it's, much more, elements, it's right? much more space fantasy than anything else, space isn't it? Space fantasy. So. Exactly. Is yeah. that the right term? I think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, in case you're worried, Chris Dale will be back next week. I think I can <laughs> say goodness. that with certainty because he's been here every other week so yes. far. Yeah. Well, now you've probably jinxed that. Oh, no! Let's, let's see. Let's hope he turns up next week. Yeah, uh, along with all your other favourite items, like the voice of the Podstrons and the news. And? And, uh, ooh, and Mark Braxton will be joining us and in the Radio Times. And the end of the show. And, the, and all the bit where we introduce ourselves. And that's, that's a nice bit. And the closing credits with all the writing on. That and, of bit. course, Fab Facts, Richard's favourite thing in his entire life. And that comes above even his wife. Oh. So, uh I guess we'll see you next week for pod 281. Hmm. Bye. Right? Yeah. Oh, is he just saying bye now? That's it, yeah. Well, I've done. Oh. Spent. Okay. I peaked. Bye then. Bye. Five, four, three, two, one, one. Let's get started. Let's go! Spectrum is green. <laughs> you seem really desperate to finish that one off. Well, it's just that, you know, I'm... I'm feel like it's job done, isn't it? There's it's, it's something satisfying about thinking, well, I've done that now. Let's move on to something else. Right. Finished it and done. Don't want to over-egg the ending like we have in the previous 279. We'd never do that. No. No, 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 no. I mean, who would, who would want that? Who would want us to carry on chatting after all the content was done and yeah. just keep saying things? Yeah, when we've really got nothing left to say. Well, no. I've literally nothing. I'm just, I'm just making noises yeah. with my mouth hole now. I mean, as a producer of the podcast... I would never let that happen. No, good. Thank never. goodness we've got yeah. you and your efficiency. Anything we have in the podcast is quality, of the finest quality. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't have like a second-rate tag on at no. the end of the podcast where nothing is, you know, of any import. All killer, no filler. That's a relief, isn't yeah. it? Go for that. All right, see you next time. Bye. Bye. That was an Anderson Entertainment production. <laughs>